What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. A very merry draftmas to you. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Draft Show, and uh, we are getting very close to the NFL Draft, less than a month away. April is just around the quarter. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Find him on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Give the guy a follow. He's a decent follow. What's up, man? Feeling good, man. I'm, uh, you know, like at the end of heavyweights, or not heavyweights, but when um, the crazy guy picks up the log and he's like going on the run, he's like, come here, you devil log. Yes. That was me today <laughs> with the draft write-ups. Like, I caught my second wind sometime in the middle of this week, and I finished so strong, and I just felt like Tony... What's his name? Tony, Tony Perkis. To- I, felt the like I, was, I felt like I was percusizing the draft shred. We man. did. We percusized this this draft guide. We are done. We're done. We finished all of the write ups for the KC draft guide. Two hundred and twenty seven of them. Can you believe that? It's a lot. It's crazy. It's a lot. I think I it's. Was, like, oh. I, I was gonna say I was talking to my buddy Ross that I do. Uh, you know, Cheesehead TV stuff with, and I work with him on the Cheesehead TV draft guide. And he was asking me about this, and he goes, "Well, how many te- how many people are on your team?" I said, four. <laughs> <laughs> and just for reference, there's like 24 guys on the Cheesehead <laughs> TV one that we put out a guide there too. So he just was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> like, I mean, hey, yeah. we're, we're committed though. Yeah. I mean, like, and like that's the thing is like this is kind of like our passion project. We did a lot of the same stuff we did this year that we did last year. We just didn't put out a guide last year. Like, we're just all giant nerds about it. Yeah. And it's, I wouldn't change a thing. No. I didn't, no, I, I like the fact that it's just kind of a small group of us. But, um, anyways, so I was counting things up. I think we're going to have over a hundred thousand words in the KC draft guide. That's, that's crazy to me. I just can't believe that we've gotten this far on this. Um, and just so you guys know, I, I if you've listened to this pod at all, you can get uh, the guide right now with promo code MADNESS for $6.69. It's 33% off through March. And then we're going to turn that one off. And then the last week to pre-order at that discounted rate is April 1st through April 8th. So you go to gum.co slash Draft. promo code MADNESS gets it to you for $6.69. It'll be $9.99 at full price. Uh, on April 8th. So you still got time to get the pre-order. Um, one other thing, uh, if if you like the show, if you love the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, we would love five-star reviews. Apparently, that's a good thing that we're supposed to do. SB Nation says we need to be doing that. So 
there's a couple notes there. Uh, we're going to talk about some day three sleepers, and I think we're going to do this over the course of the rest of the you know month, kind of get a few of those day three sleepers that we all like. Uh, we're going to talk about some offensive players that could go in the top 100, potentially to the Chiefs. We'll have Maddie and we'll have Craig on. We'll have them answer both those questions. And we got a couple other mailbag questions that I'm going to ask them. And then me and Jake will close this thing out with a mailbag as well. So, Jake, I wanted to start with this. Um, at Simu7. Shout out to at Simu7. I think he actually was asking questions on the draft show last year. So, he's kind of like, an, he's an OG. You know, uh, so I, I wanted to make sure we answer this question. If the Chiefs take an offensive player in the top 100, who do you think it is and why? I think this question is really interesting because... I think it kind of you can have a broad range of opinions. Like, okay, I think the Chiefs are going round one with an offense or with an offensive player, or round two, or round three. So, like, how you answer it, I think, kind of tells you how you think the draft's going to go. So, Jake, start us off. This one's going to tick people off a little bit, and I'm the score <laughs> 100 guy, and so this is a little bit off brand for me. But I just think Garrett Bradbury, the center from NC State, makes a ton of sense to me. One because they are not real. I know they have Austin Ryder. Just kidding. Yeah, they have a guy named Austin Ryder they gave money to. <laughs> no one else cares, okay? You don't you don't let someone like Austin Ryder, you know, keep you from potentially drafting someone that could be an all pro at the position. And that's exactly what Garrett Bradbury could be. Now, I will say this with the caveat of if there's no defensive player. The on caveat, the, huh? Yeah, big word. Um, <laughs> one of the thousand words maybe in that draft guide. Or hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, but I will say this. If I'm I think I could see a clear path where Garrett Bradbury is by far and away the best player on the board at 29 if they stay there. Yeah. I could see a scenario where he is just too good a value to pass up there and they they take a guy you maybe aren't happy with it this year but you'd have to look at it in the long term. Give Patrick Mahomes a center that he's going to have his hand under his butt for the next 10 years. <laughs> you know, because th think the Jeff Saturday Peyton Manning connection too. Like I mean you a guy that can come in, he's a smart dude, smart as a whip. People are really excited about his leadership potential. I think he could really fit in well in Kansas City, especially in that outside zone, uh, outside zone scheme because he is an athlete. He, I mean, he's a player that's really good. And I know people, like I said, people aren't going to maybe be like, ooh, yeah, Garrett Bradbury, but he's a really good football player. And can't I've even seen you tweet hashtag take good football players. He's one of those guys. Yeah, and that's going to come back to bite me right now. Um, I like Garrett Bradbury a lot. And you're absolutely right. In an outside zone scheme, he would be exceptional. But I'm going to answer this question real quick uh, from the mailbag from at Kev Obevo. What will your reaction be when Garrett Bradbury is the 29th pick? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> it was a mailbag question. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't drop down because I knew we were going to talk about it at some point. I would not be happy. And here's why. Yes. Garrett, take good football players. Hashtag take good football players. I understand. Patrick Mahomes did not have Mitch Morse for most of that season. I mean, half of the season. Okay. They had Austin Ryder. They had, uh, I think Cam Irving might have even played center at one point. They did not have great interior offensive line investments. Laurent Duvernay Tardif was not active for part of the season or a decent chunk of the season. They played with Andrew Wiley. They played with Cam Irving. They played with Austin Ryder. And they still scored 35 points a game. I, I think 
Garrett Bradbury is a great player, and he might be the best player available on the board, but the Chiefs have so many issues on the defensive side of the football, and if they don't invest their best pick, their premium pick on defense, I'm going to lose my mind. Can't the hashtag's not score 35. <laughs> it's score 100. I, Garrett Bradbury is part of the solution. I But they didn't need interior offensive linemen to score as many points as they did last year. And if Garrett Bradbury's the the player, the best player available there, I would just trade back. I would just get another pick so I can take a mid-level cornerback prospect Jeez, in the early 30s. They're at 29 anyways. They're not. And they're probably <laughs> – Brett Veach is, is probably bored already. And he's like, I've got to get, a, I've gotta get a, a pick injected into my veins. And he's going to trade up. But if Garrett Bradbury is the pick at 29 – I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a great football player. I'm just not... I'm not going to be happy about it. Um, okay, so I'm going to answer that question, too, from Simu7. I am predicting that the Chiefs are going to take a, an offensive player late day two. So I'm going to go with Kahali Warning. Warning. Who's, who's that? Oh, he's a he's a tight end. Oh, oh, Kahali. You mean... Okay, sorry. You mean Kahali, Kayu, Kalani, Michael, Woodhouse, Warring? <laughs> Is that who you meant? What? That's his name. That's his full name. <laughs> That's his full name. Say it again. Kahali, Kayu, Kalani, Michael, <laughs> Woodhouse, Warring. Honestly, that might be the best. I might be the best draft name in the history of draft names. It's six names. But it's like, you know, like you talk about. V- That's v- how we got to 100,000 words. <laughs> saying their full name. You know, Vita Vey, like, like Vita Tato, Vada 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 Vea. Kind of the same. I mean, Kahali's name, like, got very, like, Midwestern very quick. Kahale Kalalula. Just Michael. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Anyways, San Diego State tight end, great inline blocker. I think he's a guy that, you know, he's, you can trust him to block. Uh, Tested really, really well at his pro day um and so i mean he's gonna i think he, he got like when we use we use one of the things we use is the relative athletic score from at math bomb on twitter find him he does great work uh works over at the lions sb nation site but he does some really good analytics on on athletic testing and kahale warning warring was out of a 10 scale he's like a 9.5 so he's a really good athletic profile i think he's got chops as a route runner too i saw him run some really impressive routes saw him take a high seven uh, really impressed by him as a route runner, natural hands, great inline blocker, and I think he'd be great value on uh, in round three. And he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be too. This is a guy that didn't pick up a football until his senior year of high school. Wow. It, he was a multi he played he was a multi sport athlete in high school, but what he was really good at was he was actually a goalie in water polo. Oh wow! Yeah. You know how like do you know how hard water polo is? I mean, I know how hard it is to tread water. So, <laughs> so like, you just, like, tread you tread yeah. wall, water and play, like... But he's... But you see it. Like, he's a natural athlete. Like, he's just... He's one of those guys that is annoying to everyone because I bet he's just kind of good at everything. Oh, I bet you he is. You know, I, I can bet, see it. I bet he plays the guitar, can sing. I bet he got, like, straight A's and was good at all the sports. He could spell his whole name. Spe- he has to be smart. I mean, like... He has to be. They, his parents really put him up with the challenge, but... Imagine him in kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, th- those are two guys that we like that I think could very well be, you know, the Chiefs' top 
first first offensive player. Okay, Jake, we're going to do this a couple times throughout the next month. I want to start talking about some day three sleepers. So, Jake, I'm going to give you the floor. Give me a day three sleeper. This is a guy that, for the loyal listeners of this podcast, I had a wide receiver that stole my heart last year. His name was Anthony Miller from Memphis. Oh, no, are you going Anthony Miller status with this? No. Okay. <laughs> He's not that good. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but I really like his name's BC Johnson. It's his whole full name is like Obelisi Johnson. Ola BC. Yeah. I got you. And so he's from Colorado State. He's a day three type guy, but I just really like him. I really liked his tape. I thought he was a really proficient route runner. I think his I thought his routes were really nuanced. Um, and he's got a full route tree too. He's not just a guy that is going to run underneath routes. He can get deep. He can. He he could he got behind defenses last year. But watching his film, he just was a guy that I wasn't positive was a very good athlete. I thought he might be okay, but then he came out and had an elite athletic score. And, but it was kind of the same thing of watching him on tape because he has an elite score because he was like just above average and everything. <laughs> uh, but he's a good athlete and he's a better route runner. He's a guy that uh, his wide receiver coach is now in the NFL, so he he's got he's yeah. had good coaching. And Colorado State has produced some some dudes. In no the wonder last couple no years. wonder their wide receiver coach yeah. made to the NFL. And uh, Michael Gallup last Michael year. Michael Gallup, the kid in uh, Cleveland, I forget his name. Uh, uh, Rashad Higgins. 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 Yeah. Uh, Preston Miller's good too. He's just an idiot. Williams. But. Uh, yeah. What I say. Miller. You yeah. still got. You still got <laughs> Anthony. You still got Anthony Miller on your mind. Uh, he died when he got drafted by the Bears. Bears. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen to. He died because he was an old prospect. He was twenty four. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. There's an ongoing joke that if you're over twenty three, can't you're just dead to him. Over twenty three is the prospect. threshold. Uh, but so that's my guy, BC Johnson from Colorado State. I think he's a guy that could potentially get drafted higher um, than what people think. He's someone that no one really talks about, but he's a guy that I, I do like a lot. Okay, so I'm going to throw out a guy that was a running back about a year and a half ago. And he is, uh, he transferred from Tennessee, went to Baylor, Jalen Hurd, wide receiver now from Baylor, huge. 6'4", 220 something. I mean, he, he, he was a running back shortly, you know, a while back, but I was watching some, I watched a couple cutups of him running some routes and like this guy has not been playing receiver for very long. How natural does he look as a wide receiver? Like he's been playing his whole life. Right. So this guy's just scratching the surface as far as his ability to play as a receiver. I think he would be a phenomenal developmental project in day three. And he's a big body guy, fluid, I, he tested well. As, he he tested well as well. So I mean, there's there's a lot of upside to him. He's you know you know he's gonna be good after the catch. Yeah, he's a guy that you could bring into your system and still line him up in the backfield. Yeah, it's not like he played at Tennessee and just played. He kept Alvin Kamara on the bench yeah. in the SEC. He was a productive running back in the SEC and was just like nah. I want to prolong my my career. I know I'm an NFL player. I want to play wide receiver. I don't want to be around Butch Davis anymore. That too. And so he transfers to Baylor, yeah. and he's you know he's an all conference player in his first year. I yeah. mean, he's on he's unreal, but I think you know, but people are gonna be skeptical just because of all he does have a little bit of background stuff just because of all the transfer. I don't know yeah. if that's really on him, right? Um, but we don't know. But that's I mean that's I mean that's why he's a day three prospect. Yeah, I mean the the profile's phenomenal. And until if you've been receivers, huh? until he's not a day three prospect, yeah, I think watch, people, watch. I him. think people, I don't know. There's a lot of good receivers in this class, and he's got stuff that what might make him drop. 
you know, just because he's so new to the position, but he's, he's an interesting, he's probably like top five most intriguing players in this classroom. That's why he's a day three sleeper for me for now. Okay. We're going to bring Matt on. We'll talk to Craig after that. And then we will close this thing out with a mailbag. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You can find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. It's Matt Lane. Maddie, what are you eating tonight? Oh, man, tonight we got some strawberry Greek yogurt. We got some grass-fed hamburgers with pepper jack cheese and a little bit of bacon on them. And then we got some uh, combo pretzel stuff with peanut butter things on the side. Actually, kind of sounds appetizing for once. For once, man. I eat better pre- than all of you just because some of it may be healthy. With kale. Hey, man, you don't put kale in a protein shake. We've been over this. Raw kale's disgusting. That's the quickest way to ruin a protein shake. <laughs> Hey, um, how uh, how are you doing on the draft guides? How many more write-ups are you, do you have left? We have exactly two players left, and one of the reports is half done as we speak. You got and, one and a half. And by we, you mean you. Uh, I no, have zero I mean left. we. I mean we as a collective group. All four of us combined have one and a half prospects left to finish writing up. I may be the direct author. However, <laughs> we as a group have one and a half left. And I have no more film to rewatch. You guys have to go back and rewatch my extra prospects still. That's true. <laughs> and I'm I'm and but the good news is because you planted your flag in so many good players early in the process, they're players we actually want to watch. Yeah, I mean have fun with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having you guys have like watch Bo Benshawel, who barely got a write up in our in our guide, and you know I think we still got some good top 100 players left. So that's you better be like some offensive tackle play because that's what you're about to be watching. I, it's better than watching Easton Stick again. Well, facts. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I hey, want to oh. stay. I got a I got a cape for my guy here, real quick. The Easton Sticks slander. He's like if Taysom Hill was bad or worse. <laughs> I'm so happy this is being recorded. <laughs> we will revisit this. Okay. Yeah. Put the. I, we can. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll make it my. I'll make it my. I'll, I'll quote it and pin it to my profile. So he's Easton like will not be a good quarterback. Hill with Tyreek Hill's arm talent. Yes, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. If it's it was if it, it was if Tyreek Hill was throwing right-handed and not left-handed. <laughs> Easton Stick is gonna be in an NFL quarterback room for a decade. I don't know if he's gonna start. Is he gonna be cleaning it oh, up? Does he have good handwriting or coaching? Dude's brilliant. I mean, yeah, that great. Having a having a steel trap for a, a mind is great, but if you can't throw a football, doesn't matter. He can throw a football. <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on. Uh at CMO7 asked us, and I'm gonna have you answer it to Maddie. If the Chiefs took an offensive player in the top one hundred, who do you think it is and why? I think that it's going to have to be Hakeem Butler for me. I feel like that pick's a little early if we're talking top 100 because this is a first-round pick if the Chiefs are taking (laughs) Hakeem Butler. But here's a simple fact. I think he's the receiver that has the highest upside in the class. That includes over DK Metcalf. I think he's just a better mover in general when you include every angle, every plane of motion. He's got the same general size. He might even be just a better overall athlete once you include everything. He get, His approaches to the ball in the air are phenomenal. He's a complete package. And I know that some people think he has a little bit more developing to do. And any college player, you can find examples of that. But I think there's enough flashes out there to say that he can beat press coverage. He can win on the outside. He can win from the slot. He's going to play early on in the NFL, and then he's only going to get better from there. He's a true number one wide receiver. If the Chiefs need wide receiver help with whatever happens with any of the situations, Hakeem Butler, I would have no problems with taking in round one. Jake, uh, I know you may have a, a slightly different opinion. I want to just do you want to do you want to add some context to what you believe about Hakeem Butler? I just don't think he's very good. <laughs> no, I actually, it's funny. Um, I actually do think he's good. I'm gonna. I, I don't. I don't want to slander Hakeem Butler. I just am not as confident in his transition to the NFL as Matt is. Um, I think he's got some catching issues. I don't. I think he's got big time issues with getting off the line of scrimmage. Um, I, you guys are all higher on him than me. But here's a little story for you guys. I'm gonna put my history teacher hat on. Oh no. So Galileo, you you know he was a guy obviously that said the the world revolves around the sun he went to the to the catholic religion and tried to convince 350 cardinals that the world revolved around the sun and they voted and they told him no that he was wrong (laughs) so even if you're outnumbered and you have a feeling and you have a thought you gotta stick to your guns that's me (laughs) i'm i'm the galileo of this draft team oh that was is that time over sleep i fell asleep during that yeah, I thought I, it was that I, The funny thing is, Jake Jake actually has a, a high third round grade on Hakeem Butler, too. The slander like, like, is unbelievable. I think it's a late second, actually. Oh, are you a late second on him? Yeah, I think oh. we're both, we both have a second, most of us have a second round grade on him, except I think Matt. Maddie's got a round one. Is is Maddie, uh, is, is Hakeem Butler a my guy, Maddie? I mean, the whole point of the my guys was that we were higher than the consensus. And here's the thing I think as we get closer to the draft, you're hearing more and more people put Hakeem Butler's a 
first round wide receiver and even a lot of people with wide receiver one. So I don't feel like I'm higher than the consensus on him. Okay, Maddie, I wanted to ask you this other, I got a couple questions I was going to ask you. Uh, at Wasted Motion asks you, ask why don't we hear more about Will Harris? He tested off the charts and seems to be a good player at Boston College. What do you see on the film? Will Harris is a fantastic college player. He can do a little bit of everything. They played him in the box. They played him deep. He's got a little bit of man coverage skills. And like you said, he ended up testing like a great athlete with good size. The problem is I'm just not sure where he's going to win in the NFL. He doesn't play up to that athletic testing at all times. He's a little slow to react when he's playing deep. There's in one game, he was beat over the top from cover two, three, four times just in like the same quarter for me. And I don't know how you let that happen as a cover two safety unless you're just simply not seeing everything. So he's just a guy that I think that's really good at everything at the college level. But once you get to the NFL, you either got to be excellent at everything and then you're a star player or you got to specialize in something. I just don't know what Will Harris specializes in at the next level. Okay, one more question for you from the mailbag. Ryan King 958 and I wanted to ask you this because we were having this conversation a little bit today. Any Zach Allen love in the second round? Uh, love is a strong word. If the Chiefs take Zach <laughs> Allen in the second round, I feel okay with it. Like He seems to be exactly what the Chiefs are looking for on the defensive end position right now. He's strong. He plays with great extension. He's got good pass rush moves when you consider his hands. He's just not a great athlete, and he's really not like a pass rusher. He's just a guy that beats the player in front of him, and then if that's a passing down, it results in you know pressure, just not particularly quick. But here's my biggest issue with Zach Allen. He aesthetically does not look like a pass rusher. Just pull up his profile picture. Just look at him in an interview and like tell me if you can see this guy coming off the field after a third and nine sack to win a game, ripping off his helmet, pumped up and say, that's the guy that just won the game for us. I just I don't <laughs> see that when I see Zach Allen's just face. And that's not to be too mean towards him. He just doesn't look like a star pass rusher to me. And it has caused the biggest holdup with giving him a higher grade for me. So let me get this straight. So you don't like Zach Allen because he's got a small head. Correct. <laughs> but you love Hakeem Butler because he's got long arms. Well, Hakeem Butler's got long arms, legs, and he dunked the basketball with his nose at like the rim. It's like, I'm cool with that. If Zach Allen was throwing down 360 tomahawks, I'd probably like him a little bit better regardless <laughs> of the small would. head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Zach Allen's the pick at 29. What are you doing? I am turning off the draft, and it is Breland Speaks 2.0. Okay. I don't disagree, actually. That would be be very underwhelming the same Granted, way. I turn the draft back on you know, for day two since I'm only going to miss like three picks, but I still turn it off after the Chiefs make that selection. Okay, that's fair. You just got to sulk for a little bit extra longer. Okay, uh, we've been asking everyone about day three sleepers. Give me a day three sleeper. So this is perfect because we got a question about Will Harris earlier. So here's a safety I actually like more than Will Harris. That's Saquon Hampton. He's a safety out of Rutgers. And here's the thing. When you play at Rutgers as a safety, you don't really get a chance to do like anything because the other team is just better than you at every single position <laughs> at all times. So here's this man. He's playing free safety. The ball's never thrown to him. He plays man coverage. The ball's never thrown to his guy. Shallow zone, same thing. Like He just doesn't get a chance at Rutgers to do anything because a quarterback has five seconds to throw the ball. Receivers are getting open left and right. But when he's challenged, he had a great time. I mean, he was a good player on film. You worried about his injury history, but he's got great size. 
He's a solid athlete. And I think just as you kind of watch him, just the way he moves on the field, he seems to have a good feel for what's happening. It's just a matter of getting him into a situation where he is not clearly the best player on his team and being completely undermatched while he plays against Ohio State and they have 13 seconds to throw the ball. That's Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Thanks for joining us, bud. Cool. Later, guys. And we're going to take a break here, and we will be back for a few mailbag questions right after this. We are joined now by Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter at BarleyHop. Hello, fellow person that is done writing up uh, prospects for the KC Draft Guide. I, I feel like about 300 pounds lighter than I did <laughs> Monday afternoon. Just the giant weight off my shoulders and now i'm just full-on excited for all of you guys to be able to come and do all of you know read everything that we've written the labor of love that we put into this thing yes yes it's so great how how old do you feel uh (laughs) still 50 yeah yeah (laughs) like maybe 52 now the knees the knees are feeling good though yeah (laughs) craig i was uh i think we've got like over a hundred thousand words in this guide. Oh, easily, easily. I think we calculated it out. If we all got close to our limit, which I know that Matt and I did, so I, if, <laughs> if we all got close to the page limit, there, it's it's upwards of a hundred thousand words in this guide. There's going to be a crazy amount of content. We haven't even written the features yet. Like I it's, know. it's still coming. There's still more getting added. Dude, okay, can we I'm going to have you just give me like one sentence on your feature and then I, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth in a couple weeks, spoiler alert, but give me one sentence on what your feature is going to be for this thing. When you look at draftable corners, athletic testing matters more than you think. Tape still matters the most. The way they play football still matters the most. So before you jump on Twitter and try and, you know, climb in there and try and tell me that testing doesn't matter and all this, it matters more than you think. And you'll see why here in a couple weeks on the KC Draft Guide. That was like five sentences. I know. I, you asked me for one, I gave you five. This is how it works. You had, you had, this, little, you had this little disclaimer in the middle just so people wouldn't jump at you on Twitter. Right, right. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you... A question that we got from Simu7. If the Chiefs take an offensive player in the top 100, who do you think it is and why? Okay, so I know the the uh, thing that everybody's going to want to hear is like wide receiver, tight end, go after these big offensive weapons and everything like that. I'm looking at day three here, or in in the first round three. Round yeah. three. Round three. That's top 100. Round three. I got Sorry. You. Yeah. Looking at Math round is hard. three. There's not, there's it, no. It yeah, is. Top 100. In know, my, and my brain is fried. So I'm you looking. Engineer. <laughs> I'm looking at an offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, Michael Dieter. Uh, he's 6'5. He played 13 games at Wisconsin at left guard, center, and left tackle each. So wow. he's a guy that is crazy versatile. His best spot's probably at guard. He, he just doesn't necessarily have the length for tackle. He could play a little center, but left guard makes a lot of sense. That's kind of been a rotation piece that, you know, last year. And they've got it done with a bunch of guys. But if they got to that third-round pick and they didn't really like a whole bunch of people that are on the board, Dieter has the athleticism 
to move and get out in space, and he's a good blocker, really smart guy, and he's versatile. He makes a lot of sense. People are going to be so salty about this podcast because I went with Garrett Bradbury (laughs) in the first round, and you went with another guard. (laughs) Craig, actually, I'm going to ask. See, a guard in round three, I'm cool with. Yeah, Kevo Bevo asks, uh, uh, what would your reaction be when the Chiefs pick Bradbury at 29? Give me yours, please. Right through the head. <laughs> it's just, there's, it does not, I mean, Garrett Bradbury can't rush the passer. No, Maybe. he's an awesome player, but yes. no, no, just no. Hard pass. Okay, our guy, Country Boy, he wants to know who Tim Ward is. <laughs> Tim Ward is an old Dominion pass rusher that the Chiefs just had a top 30 visit for. That means they get these 30 guys that they can bring in-house and kind of have a, a one-on-one, get to know him a little bit better than maybe combine interviews or things like that are. The Chiefs typically tend to use these, uh, a certain set of them on later round guys. Tremont Smith was one of these guys. Byron Pringle was one of these guys. So they look at these guys that maybe they didn't get an opportunity to interview one-on-one other places. Tim Ward is from Old Dominion. He's 6'6", he's 255, and he can probably put some more weight on, so he fits a Spagnolo theme. He's got a little burst up the arc. He just doesn't know what he's doing yet. He is a completely raw pass rusher, a guy that's probably like round six, round seven, maybe a, a UDFA that they can go after, and they, they would have some homework done on him already because they interviewed him. Yeah, the Chiefs kind of use their top 30 visits sometimes, I think, as like a recruiting event for some undrafted guys like Byron Pringle last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Tim Ward, when I'm watching him a little bit, he's like super discount Montez Sweat to me because he's he's just a pure, <laughs> he's a long, pure athlete. And that's kind of what Montez Sweat is. Montez Sweat is just a better football player. But if they're looking for a guy that they can develop, they could be doing a lot worse than bringing in Tim Ward, especially as an undrafted free agent. Okay, Craig, this is something we're going to be doing throughout the month. Give me a day three sleeper. A day three sleeper, a guy that I love that's been getting a little bit of buzz because he had his pro day lately from Akron, Ulysses Gilbert III. He is a linebacker and he is a pure athlete. He's got crazy range. He's great in coverage and he's he's long and a very secure tackler. He's a guy that fits that will linebacker role in the Chiefs 4-3 defense really well. Right now they have Dorian O'Daniel in that spot, but they don't really have anybody behind him who makes a lot of sense. Ulysses Gilbert is a guy that you could bring in. He needs a lot of help with reading his keys, especially between the tackles. You can bring him in, have him sit in film rooms, have him learn under Matt House, and just have him be a stud special teamer for 2019 and maybe a little bit of 2020. And then if you can get something out of him, his athleticism is just through the roof. You could develop him into a really, really, really great Will linebacker. And he's a guy that's like round six, round seven. You can pick him up on the cheap. That is Craig Stout. Thanks for uh, talking with us, bud. Thanks, man. And it's time to close this thing out with a few of your questions. Thank you, as always, for asking them. We'll start with this one. At Clayton Nicholas asks, I really dug in, uh, I really dug what I saw on page and tape of three small school guys I'd love to see your takes on. 
O'Shane Ziminis, uh, the edge from Old Dominion, tight end Keenan Brown from Texas State, and safety Marquise Blair uh, from Utah all seem like good fits. Only question uh, being the level of play. So I'll start with Marquise Blair. I'll have you go to Keenan Brown, mm-hmm. and then I'll jump to Ziminis because those were two guys I had. I was primary grader on Marquise Blair. So um, – Marquise Blair, I mean, I don't know if he really came from a small school per se. Utah's in the Pac-12, although Pac-12 football's kind of been butt cheeks lately. But um, he's an interesting player. Uh, I think, you know, he's, his frame, I don't, I don't know if his frame's going to be able to hold up. Like, he weighed 185 pounds at the Senior Bowl when he met him, and it didn't look like he was going to be able to hold on to any weight or grow, you know, hold on to more weight. He's a good athlete. Um, he's got good range when he diagnoses correctly, but I saw a couple plays, um, where the quarterback was like, he just, he read the quarterback terribly from a center field role. Um, he, he does some good things near the line of scrimmage. He can blitz a little bit. Um, he can cover in the slot a little bit and he's a, like a willing tackler. I don't know if he's a good tackler. So there's some interesting traits with him. I think he's still got a long way to go. Um, but, I mean, he's an interesting prospect. I think he's like a day, th- around three, round four kind of guy. What about Keenan Brown for you, Jake? Yeah, I like Keenan Brown a lot, actually. So he's a Oklahoma State transfer. He was a wide receiver at Oklahoma State, transferred to Texas State. And he's a, he's a 6'2", 240-ish pound guy. He moves really well. I've talked about him before on this podcast and just how he doesn't really have the size, but he's got the length. He's got like 35-inch plus arms. So anything he's lacking in height, he really kind of makes up for it in his uh, arm length. He's a guy that's interesting to me because I think he's really one of the true H-backs in this class, uh, leaning more on the side of being a really dangerous receiver. Uh, he's got some juice. He He's, uh, he's a good pass catcher. He's actually he's pretty fun to watch in the open field. You can tell he's a wide receiver. But what could be fun with him is if they want to kind of upgrade. Uh, and, you know, Anthony Sherman's going to be back, and I think he's a completely different type of fullback. But Keenan Brown could definitely line up in the backfield like that, and he mm. did a little bit at Texas State. And he's really he could be a really fun mismatch type guy in a, in you know in the Chiefs offense. And a guy like Andy Reid would probably have some ideas on how to use a guy like that. So he's a guy that I think would be really interesting on day three just because he's kind of that raw you know he's got a lot of untapped potential he's a guy that I think could uh could fit in you know really well in what Kansas City wants to do okay so I'll talk about Oshane Ziminez then real quick um I was a primary grader on Oshane Ziminez got to talk to him at the senior bowl we actually have a quote from him on what it would be like to be a Kansas City chief that is in the draft guide. We've got a few of those uh, from quotes we've been able to compile over the offseason. But with Ziminez, I mean, he was a very productive pass rusher. He had 11 and a half sacks in Conference USA. Um, he actually kind of has, I think he has a decent idea and like a, a plan as a pass rusher, or at least a bunch of moves that he's tried to utilize. And, you know, you've seen him do a lot of things inside counters, bend the edge. He's got a hump move. Like he's utilized a lot of that stuff. I still think he's kind of struggling to put it all together. Um, and I, I, maybe it's one of those things where he kind of reduces the number of moves he uses and just gets good at a few of them. Um, and I don't know if he's the most flexible player. Uh, and I also wonder, like, I don't know if his length is, is going to be desirable enough, <clears throat> enough for Steve Spagnuolo either. 
I mean, he's kind of on that fringe. He's kind of a, a fringe guy from a from a length perspective with the, what they typically like at edge rushers. But like, I, there's some good stuff in there with him. He's kind of like a top 100 ish player for us. He's you know some people have him like in round two. We're in that 100 110 range with him. So um, uh, there's there's some positive traits there. His athletic testing wasn't anything special. Would have liked to see some more flexibility. But I think he I think he at least understands what you know a little bit about the game. He just got to kind of try to put it all together. Um, at MJL or MJ Lemo asks, who would be the most disappointing first round pick for the Chiefs, and who would be the most exciting pick, and both realistically? So, like, give me some realistic guys, like a guy that you'd be kind of disappointed in, and a guy you would be thrilled with the Chiefs taking at twenty nine. Start I mean, with start with uh, start with most disappointing. Let's just start there. I think like Jalen Ferguson, <laughs> the edge from uh, where's that? Uh, where's he from? Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Productive guy in college, ran an 8.08 second three cone. I mean, no, I didn't know that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, but he's a guy that there's been some smoke for the Chiefs at 29. I think that maybe died with his pro day, but he'd be a guy that I would – I mean, I would just have a pit in my you know, in my stomach if that I, happened. Yeah, but and I don't, I don't think we're at that point at this point. I don't either. Uh, he's someone that would be really disappointing, uh, like uh, – uh, Baker from Georgia that would be disappointing yeah, I, mean, I feel like he's fallen off even too though I think the thing with him though is like if the Chiefs took him then they trust him you know and like there's so much up in up in the air about his character concerns and stuff like that like I mean I I get it for me Hollywood Brown um, wide receiver from Oklahoma um he's he's I mean uh, just full disclosure I mean he's a top 40 player for us but he's injured a lot and he's small he's and he's like, got one injury in his career it's it's a bad foot injury <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and i think he had i think he's had multiple issues he's, this season he's a guy that every time he gets tackled you hold your breath yeah and like I mean, he's like 160 pounds soaking wet yeah and yeah. he's fun to watch and like he's explosive but like is he gonna hold up in the next level i don't want to take that risk especially if the chiefs you know, it, if they're going offense and they go Hollywood Brown when there's so many defensive issues, like, I am not cool with that. Okay, Jake, why don't you give me someone that you would be thrilled to see the Chiefs get at 29 or a trade? Someone you'd just be thrilled in the first round with them winding up with. Uh, so, like, realistically, someone that could... I mean, I said it a little bit last week, but Ed Oliver is a guy I don't think he's going to... So, maybe not that realistic, but 29 is... I mean, maybe a trade up newsflash. Like that's not a great spot to be picking in this year's draft class for the chiefs needs. No. And so if anyone's going to fall, like I said last week, I just have, a, I don't necessarily think Ed Oliver is going to fall in this draft class, but the NFL's weird. You know, he's, yeah. he's not, he doesn't have the, the arms and the height and all that stuff. They're asking teams are asking him to play off ball right. or look at off ball for a reason. So they don't he know would what to be a slam dunk. He would be a guy that, when I say slide, maybe he even slides to 18, 19, 20, and they can trade up right. for him. Yeah, I um, think that's realistic. Would be thrilled with that. Uh, Cleveland Farrell would be a guy that I'd be thrilled for them to be able to trade up for. I doubt he's there at 29. And so you're kind of getting the theme here of it's going to be there at 29. It's, if, to really get an impact player, they're going to have to trade up. If, they, if the, for someone to for us to be excited about the Chiefs taking someone, it's not going to be at 29 most likely. 
I mean, that's just, it's not realistic, I don't think, at this point. Like, they if they are going to get someone that Jake or I or Maddie or Craig's going to be doing backflips over, it's probably going to be in a trade-up. And, like, for me, like, Nasir Adderley, I love him. I picked him in the mock. Even so, with that 29th pick, when I picked him, he's one of my favorite players in this draft class. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nasir's the best player here for me. Like, take him. That That's kind of how I feel. Um so, I mean, like, I think, like, you know, maybe, like, a guy like Jerry Tillery is, like, I would be pretty excited at 29, and that's a guy that could realistically be there. Um, you know, if they traded up for Clellan Farrell and they didn't give up an arm and a leg, like, I think it also depends on what the Chiefs wind up giving up. Like, if they if they mortgage the future for one of these guys, it's not going to be as fun. But if they're able to get a guy in the late teens or the early 20s in a trade-up, and it's a guy like Clellan Farrell, potentially... That would be awesome. And people always say, you know, people have kind of talked about this potentially being a buyer's market and it'll be cheaper to trade up. But when is anything ever cheaper in the NFL? Oh, yeah, the safety market's down this year, too. You can get one of these safeties for cheap. I mean, How'd that work out? Everyone got paid. Uh, at LWOS Mike Wilson, what range does Brett Veach need to get in order to snag Brian Burns? So I think if they're going to take Brian Burns, they're going to have to trade with the Packers at 12th. If he's even there, if he's even at there. twelve, uh, I don't think he is. I'd I'd be thrilled with the Packers taking him I at know. twelve. Uh, so I don't think I would be ticked. <laughs> I would be mad <laughs> if they traded back and Burns all the way back to twenty nine. He's, you know what though? I think we're. I think maybe draft Twitter and us and and some other people are maybe higher on Brian Burns than the NFL is. Yeah, but you're still seeing him drafted in the teens. Yes, like and, in the 16, 17 range. And so there's your, the answer to maybe there. So there's there's one scenario is that yeah he that would be a range you have to trade up. But if you're asking us, they they're gonna have to move up twelve plus yeah probably and that yeah. would be a lot a lot it would of, cost yeah. a lot it'd yep. be it, you probably say goodbye to both second round picks something like that or one second round pick this year and one next year right something yep. like crazy like that and that might even not be enough or I even mean, a first next year ugh. i mean when you're talking about moving up that far right but you're not giving much up after that mm-hmm. um at boss bach nine asks thoughts on byron murray charles amenahu and amani hooker as possible draft picks so byron murphy you know, I think you guys all know how we feel about Bayron. I wonder if his length is going to be a problem for them, his size. Um, you know, if Steve Spagnuolo, like, if he's really looking to identify long, athletic kind of players, Byron Murphy doesn't fit that role. He's just a great football player. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan of bringing good football players into the mix. Charles Menehue, I think he actually fits the profile of what Steve Spagnuolo is looking for from a length, from a density perspective. So that's a guy that I, you know, like the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been keeping my eye on a little bit more and more as we go. Um, and Amani Hooker, uh, he's a top 50 player for us. I'm more excited about the Chiefs two second round picks. Yeah. Than AM29. Because like Amani Hooker, <clears throat> maybe being there at, at the end of the second round could very well happen. And that be, I would be really excited for oh. them for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Darnell Savage too, like another oh, safety man. for Maryland at the end of the second. Like I just feel like their options are better. Their value is going to be better in the 60s than it even is at 29. Because honestly, at 29, those are going to be the same types of players that are still there. Right. I've got pick 29 anxiety. Like... I, the whole thing, like, there, there's just there's so much up in the air. Will they trade up? Will they not? Will there be someone that they can trade up? How much will they have to give? There's like so many questions, and like Brett Veach is like make keeping me up at night because I know like he's crazy enough to go, you know, be very ultra aggressive with his draft capital, 
And I mean, that's fun, but also at the same time, it's a little bit scary, you know? So, um, I have more to pick 29 anxiety. My guess is they only get to pick once in the second round anyway, probably. just because they're Maybe, probably going to yeah. move up. But, um, you know, like Amani so they'll Hooker, move down is what'll happen. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know what? If, if Brett Veach, you know, and if we're, and if honestly, if that's what we're saying is you're this, you're getting similar value at 29 that you would in the sixties. Yeah. If the board falls that way, that'd be a smart move for him. Pick up an extra pick and, and get similar players. Brett Veach traded up three times last year. I know he's, he's a wild man. He's, he's a, a wild, wild man. man. So watch him just like break the norm. Yep. But I mean, Amani Hooker though, um, tested phenomenally, and I think that's really good for him. And that's that's why like I mean he's a top fifty player for us on the board, and really smart player plays kind of in that he kind of plays down in the box in the slot. And uh, I'm a big fan of his. There'd be a ton of versatility between him and Tyron Matthew. I don't know if they want a more of a post player, you know, a, a center field player um, to to pair with Tyron. We'll see. That'll be that'll be something to keep an eye on though. Um, at Kenny with the Coke, how soon after the draft will you start on 2020 prospects? It will take a month, but we'll start we'll start kind of getting our thoughts together in the summer. Yeah, and there's already the guys in the 2020 class that everyone kind of knows about. We're familiar with those guys too. It's really getting down to the nitty gritties of it. And when are we going to start that? It kind of happens naturally and organically throughout the college football season yeah. too. Um, where guys just kind of pop up and yeah. and maybe they're on your radar, then you're off. Like I was really high on David Sills for like a day. <laughs> and then I watched him more and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> False alarm. I think like, I mean, like we'll start really getting into the process in that October, November range where we'll really start honing in on stuff. That's really when we started. So we've been grading prospects for five months now. Uh, and you know, it's a never ending cycle. We'll start getting our thoughts collected during the, you know, during the summer too, as well. And, and start working on, you know, what worked well with us this year, what didn't with the whole draft process and in the draft guide process. So at Dalton Durbin chances, we trade into the top 10, it would take so much to get into the top 10. You would be giving up, uh, um, most of your draft probably basically like say goodbye to both your twos, your three, you say goodbye to your. 2020 one of your 2020 seconds probably the Niners 2020 second and I that that gets you probably to like eight ish mm -hmm. seven I mean like it's hard to get up there and you never want to say never but man good there's that's, just that's a hefty it's a hefty price you know who I could see it being for if they did that though like if Josh Allen I, it would be Josh Allen like that if, if they if they climbed all the way up there it would be because they're trying to go get Josh Allen because Matt House was his coach well and the thing too and I tweeted this today. I people, you know, the the what was the it was something like the Twitter that says that guy will never be there is the worst Twitter. And it's just like you're right because you never know, especially in the top ten. I was referencing the Packers' twelfth pick where you throw a guy out there and like he won't be there. He'll no way he'll ever be there. Like people say that about Josh Allen, but Josh Allen could slide. The only there's three guys that I would say are absolutely locks to be top five picks. That's Kyler Murray because he's going to go one and then Bosa. And That'll Quinn never Wood. happen. And then Quentin Williams. I mean, I, I mean, no, I, get you. I get you. I, I get mean, you. you're right. No, I, get you. It, I don't know. No, it, but, but like, but those are the three guys I would be willing to bet and say they are going to be gone by five. You just see Josh Allen connected too much to the jets. I think that that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. At a N S T a N Stoder asks, how would you feel about a late round pick being spent on, Quarterback Trey, uh, Trace McSorley to perhaps have him in a Taysom Hill type role. Oh, 
No. It's an interesting question. No. And the same can be said about Easton Stick. Easton D- Stick's better than Trace. No. Shut up, he is. They they tra- are. No, he is. Easton Stick is a way better athlete. That that's how that question should be phrased. Easton Stick is by far and away the best guy suited to have a Taysom Hill type role. And in fact, if he's ever gonna play like real legit minutes at quarterback in the NFL, it's gonna be in that type of role. And like and Easton does, Stick is Taysom Hill really a quarterback because he. I mean. And the other argument is, why would you... I mean, and that's the same thing for... Personally, I don't mind it. I like those looks that New Orleans uh, does. But then I I understand the argument, too, of saying, well, why would you ever take the ball out of your MVP quarterback's hands? That's where I stand. Never take the ball out of Patrick LeVon Mahomes' hand. Uh, Brandon422, last question. What would it take up to trade for Ed Oliver? I think it's probably, I think, I think he's probably still going top 10. Yeah. That would be my guess. And we've guess. kind of talked so, about all those scenarios already. So if he's in the top right. 10, then a lot. If he starts to slide a little bit, like we think maybe 17, 18, then probably a second. I mean, a second round pick should least. get you to 18. I mean, that's, I mean, that 18 will get you to a second or a second round will get you to 18. Uh, a third will get you to the 21, 22, 23 range. And two seconds ish will probably get you to twelve. Just the way the draft guide or the draft stuff works, uh, the trade chart. And actually, I have an article kind of talking about the trade chart tendencies of Brett Veach, how he's traded, um, how he's valued him, some of the st- strategies he's used behind him. So um, it's it's that's something that's going to be in the KC draft guide that you guys can still get on the pre order. For six sixty nine, if you go to gum.co slash KC draft promo code madness gets you that for cheap. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. We will catch you later. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.